Hey everyone, it's your host Alec Mohibian with a quick note before we begin. Filthy Armenian Adventures is an interdimensional travel program that takes you deep into the cultural mysteries of our strange and interesting times. In search of truth, in search of gold, in search of lost friends and unsung heroes, in search of John Galt's motor. The show is supported entirely by patrons at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. Patrons get access to twice as many adventures, including the most intimate and scandalous ones, plus regular 5 to 15 minute smoke break mini episodes on movies, shows, and topics of the urgent moment. Patrons also get first dibs on our next live event. The first two were a smash. It's very easy to keep filthy Armenian adventures alive. You can still listen to the premium feed on Apple or Spotify or your favorite app, and you can do so with the pride that you're putting a little bit of money where your soul is. More patrons means more landmarks, more hotspots, more secret locations and forbidden territories around the world, and the world that is Los Angeles, our apocalyptic headquarters. It means we'll be able to track down more enchanting figures in the landscape and dare them to abandon their masks. Patreon.com slash Filthy Armenian. Gracias for listening, and enjoy the show. You are listening to Filthy Armenian Adventures. Well, hello there, whoever you are. This is something of a special edition Filthy Armenian Adventure, where I get some thoughts extemporaneously off my chest. I'm not one to keep my mouth shut when I see a giant moral crime go by, especially if It's the type of giant moral crime that not very many other people feel obligated to condemn for one reason or another. There are some moral crimes that people just would rather sweep under the rug. Sort of, you know, kind of turn a blind eye to for one reason or another. There are lots of moral crimes after all, and we can't keep track of them all. But I can. I can keep track of the ones that I see. And this weekend, there was the continuation of what I deem to be a serious, serious moral crime. I sometimes wonder who it is that is listening to me right now. 
Who are you? How did you arrive to me? This show has been on the air for a little bit over two years, and I've never liked I've never liked having to think too hard about who my audience is, because then it forces me to seriously question what I'm doing. It's very hard for me personally to be able to specify in the classic demographic uh, categories what audience I appeal to. It's never been easy. But we do live in a world where, you know, you can't just close your eyes and wish for free health care. You can't just rub a lamp and hope for world peace. There's no genies out there. You have to, if you live in the real world, and if you put out some kind of, some form of self-expression, you have to have a notion in mind of, after a while anyway, of who it is you're doing it for, who's listening, because after all, in pretty much every medium, the audience does become at least a spectral collaborator. Who it is one expects on the other side of the microphone, who it is will dictate, in many ways, what is being delivered. Because we got to know what, what it is we're, who we're dancing with. And a lot of people know exactly who they're dancing with. Um, and uh, a lot of people don't care who they're dancing with. A lot of people just want as many dancing partners as possible. And to charge them and, you know, to feel like they've made the maximum number of people in the world happier or more informed. There's a friend of mine, not really a friend, but there is a a producer that I once had a meeting with a while ago. Same age as I am, but successful at early on with like, you know, big, big movie, big kind of mainstream movies from the indie to now more mainstream realm. We had, we, we met up, we were talking about screenplays and he said that the, the question he asks himself when he's reading a screenplay is, Will this appeal to 14-year-old Mexicans? Now, it's a perfectly valid, you know, audience. 14-year-old Mexicans? Nothing wrong with 14-year-old Mexicans. I mean, we'd all take that 14-year-old Mexican audience if it was given to us. We all dream of that 14-year-old Mexican audience. But only some of us are going to go to the length of making Red Hot Cheetos the movie. And that ain't me. I may be making Coffee Shop Open After 10 p.m. the movie. I may be making Doma the Musical. I may be making Bob Dylan the Disneyland Ride or whatever crazy shit. I'm all about bread, circus, all of it. There's no business like show business, but... I'm just not making Red Hot Cheetos the movie, personally. Nothing against Red Hot Cheetos. 
I used to like Red Hot Cheetos. I used to eat Red Hot Cheetos in a potentially cinematic fashion. It's just that I haven't been into Red Hot Cheetos since I was a 14-year-old Mexican myself. So, not, not really for me to make the Red Hot Cheetos movie. So, if any 14-year-old Mexicans do wander in here, it's because they have certain qualities apart from being a 14-year-old Mexican. Who is listening to me right now? Who is my audience? I have had the pleasure of interacting with numerous listeners from through DMs or Twitter, of course, and I've actually met three of them in the wild in LA alone, randomly. One of them was on Grinder. One of them uh, at the grocery store in the neighborhood. One of them at a gay warehouse party. Three completely random uh, listeners. And, of course, I've now had two uh, live events where I've met many, many more listeners and fans and, you know, new people too. Um, Start to notice certain patterns. And, you know... I've always escaped from certain paths that would lead me to making if I were lucky enough to be given the opportunity and advancement and be good enough to do it. I've avoided the paths that would lead me to Red Hot Cheeto Land. I did not, I am not interested in... It just cre- in creating intellectual junk food for people. I like fun food. I like the fun stuff. I like, I like all the treats and sweets. I like, uh, you know, lighthearted, fair, simple, hearty, uh, joyous. I like, uh, there's, there's a time and a place for everything. But to manufacture mental junk food is, does not appear to be in my wheelhouse. I don't feel like that I, I'm needed to do that. There are plenty of people around there to do that. There's an endless supply of junk peddlers. There always will be. There's, there are periods of time when the substance, the junk, is really bad quality. And there are periods of time, periods of time where it's way more fun. And a lot of people are just having a blast. But either way, it's still... Junk food. It's still stuff to be injected and not exactly scrutinized too carefully. Not the kind of stuff that you can subsist on and not the kind of stuff that necessarily, uh, you know, you you can consume for very long, exclusively. So... I'm not the type to do that. And, there's, and, and there are so many different brands of mental junk food and so many different kinds, so many different, every, 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 every church serves it. Every church serves it, secular and religious. 
every single every single institution serves it. There's no institution that does not serve a essentially a lifetime supply of mental junk food that will keep you full but also deprive you of ever consuming the real thing and therefore the real thing becoming part of you the real thing the real thing and so that's not for me that's not for me do i love to have fun and i hope i hope the people who come here come here to have fun but it's not for me that's not the but that's not the main focus uh, the, 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 the fun is rooted in something other than like licking, uh, that sugar, uh, that like, uh, sparkly fucking powder, the little powder stick shit, you know, off of, uh, some, uh, drag queen ball sack. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to sit around and create a panic slot machine out of certain topics that test well with the people's outrage testicles. I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's very healthy to wallow in rape, uh, imaginary rape on in, 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 true, in the true crime, crime format. I don't think it's very healthy to wallow in pedo panics and watch uh, TikTok clips all day, every day, looking for freaks to look to look weird into the screen and go, and so you can freak out about gender stuff instead of just taking a stand when it comes up around you in your life, just like a normal person should, just take a stand. When it comes up and when a policy comes up, you take a stand. And when it comes up at school, you take a stand. And when it comes up with your relatives, you simply take a firm but understanding, but firm but generous, but but also you take a stand. That's the way to deal with with shit. But alternatively, you can get addicted to the slot, a panic slot machine, and and shriek about some social problem all day, every day, in a way that absolutely solves nothing and helps no one. That's another alternative. Again, not for me to supply. If I'm talking about topics or social issues or if I'm pressing the panic button, it's because I see something happening that it can very easily become way worse, can also, by being detected, perhaps be cured or at least monitored. And because, you know, in general, I feel like this is an important matter and I have something to say about it that a million other people aren't saying. So who like who comes who comes to me? I still don't know the answer completely. I'm starting to get a better sense, but I think that, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, another perfectly um, valid relationship in this medium is between educator and student. There's a lot of such. There's a lot of great programming that's educational. And I'm sure that's a part of why people listen to this show too. We talk about books. We talk about 
authors, figures, filmmakers, artists, uh, thinkers, uh, tycoons, uh, important people, uh, important historical kind of we, we enter, we go into forbidden territories that not everyone else is talking about. We, we, we kind of explore angles on the culture that are not quite what anyone else is paid to think about. You know, I look for people who have a personal and, and emotional and intuitive sense of things, not merely a professional, you know, I'm the libertarian from the think tank and this is what I believe about this and that, and so on and so forth. I look for, uh, a, you know, there's a different angle that I approach, uh, our times from, or at least I look for different angles. And ultimately, I, I see things through a, a certain kind of angle. And I'm also sick and tired of, uh, of, of having to deal with the politics in society. I'm sick of it. I, I never wanted to do that for more than a few years in high school. I fled so fast from that entire world. I fled from Washington, D.C., what they call Hollywood for ugly people. And I fled to Hollywood, which I guess is Washington, D.C., for beautiful people. And I gradually remembered over the course of a long period of time that Hollywood is home, literally, like down to the very soil. And it took a while for me to accept that. So who is who is it that's that's found me so far? It's a, it's obviously it's a it's a niche audience so far. It's a it's a uh, it's very far from a mass audience. It's um, I don't know who it is exactly, but I have some I have some ideas, and without flattering myself, I believe. That an important quality to, or a common quality to the people who listen to more than, you know, just the random famous person episode, which you can get catch anybody listening to those, but who pay, who kind of, who are, who recognize something more here and who tune in specifically for the adventure, the point of view, the angle, and not just the name uh, of the guest or the specific topic or specific location but who are along for the ride I feel like I am speaking to, to people who have a latent impulse of nobility for lack of a better word a latent perhaps persecuted perhaps hidden perhaps covered up perhaps minimized perhaps uh, uh, wished away perhaps trampled upon, perhaps undeveloped, perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps dilatory sense of nobility, an impulse for nobility, a, a noble something that a lot of different voices in society at large are telling you to get rid of. And I'm saying, no, 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 hold on to that. In fact, see if you can stoke it up a little bit when you get a chance. You know, during some smoke breaks. 
See if you can stoke up that little nobility fire inside you. It's hard to keep that shit alive. It's hard in any circumstance to keep it alive at any time in human history. But at least in this interval, this great intermission that we're all trapped in, it's, it's especially hard. There's just not a lot of incentive advertised by the institutions to keep your nobility alive. Clearly, the machines would rather you become a lemming slave NPC. It's just so much easier that way. But that, that doesn't satisfy you. You don't want to become that. You don't want to become an NPC. You don't want to become a... Uh, you, just, you don't want to become a, a Pavlov's dog, you know? Even though well, I'm sure it was a cute-ass dog. I'm sure Pavlov's dog was really cute. I mean, can you imagine? Pavlov's dog. But anyway, you don't want to become... You don't want to become someone who can... You know, you don't want to become a fucking... Something that can be played by digital fingers. Uh, you don't want to become a... You don't want to become an amnesiac who can't remember anything that happened five minutes ago and who does not honor the past and who has no connection to any realm of humanity but the immediate present. Not even the immediate present. The disembodied present. The immediate present is something very few people have access to. The immediate present is part of why I like to record my uh, episodes in in the flesh, on the field. I like to get a sense of discovering reality, which appears to be occulted from us more and more each day. I think there is a lot. There's a lot to be said for attempting to discover the real, the real, real, not the just the fake, naturalistic, boring real. But the real real. The real beneath the real. The real facts, as Bob says over and over. So whatever else my the person I am talking to is, and however more of you I may wish there to be, and I don't know how many of you are out there. I really don't. I don't just mean listening now, but who would listen if they knew. I don't know how big the audience is, and if it's big enough to keep doing this for, to keep on, to keep growing. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's a big question. It's a real mystery, and it's probably relevant to more people than just uh, my own self. How many are out there who have that spark of nobility or who feel they have it, which is the same thing, who have that waiting to be inflamed, awoken? Nurtured, addressed, engaged, Kept alive, stoked, stoked, stoked. It's not, you know, it's, it, it fits and starts. It's not going to always be, it's not always going to be fireworks. And it's very easy to get depressed. 
And when you're depressed, the fireplace looks pretty dark, and the sparks don't especially light anyone up. It's easy to get lonely because the circumstances of modern life are so hostile to companionship, real companionship. And people are pussies, they're scared to try, they easily shrink away from each other, they, they're, they're just, they're not, they're, they're, they're in a daze. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible problem. We all know it. We're talking about it nonstop. Not going to solve it right now. I'm just trying to make it very clear that if you're listening to me, it's got to be because you have an impulse to nobility and I need to know that in order to be motivated to continue digging as deep as I dig when I'm, when I'm, when I'm creating this shit. I dig deep. I don't always strike, but I dig. I dig, dig, dig. I try to find, I try to find that thing, that, 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 that mineral, that whatever, that has been overlooked by other diggers, other diggers, um, has been overlooked or, you know, perhaps even discarded or simply not found. Um, I got to know that it's worth it and that the people who are on the other side of this will understand and are with me. And I'm not interested necessarily in uh, people who listen with false ears. I'm just not that interested in all of them. I'm not, in- I'm not going to, you know, the figurative 14-year-old Mexicans, it's fine, like they, like they can take it or leave it. But I, I don't want to be responsible for people who don't get it. All this is to say that the kind of person who listens to this show, I hope, I sure hope that if you're listening at this point, you are not one to take any pleasure in the misfortune of Alec Baldwin. Are you? I had a very annoyed weekend. Uh... Very annoyed. On Friday, or whatever it was, they announced that Alec Baldwin is going to be prosecuted for manslaughter. And not just the light kind that comes with an 18-month minimum sentence, but a second charge of a more severe kind, which would come with a five-year mandatory prison sentence. For what? for accidentally firing a prop gun on the set of an independent movie, which he was doing out of generosity, I might add, which he had no idea could possibly have a bullet that would come out and kill the the director. An absolutely mind-numbing tragedy that 
no one is morally at fault for. If you think people are morally at fault for a freak accident like that, your head is so far up your own ass that you can't possibly hear me anyway. But, predictably, because Alec Baldwin is outspoken, because he's a big movie star, because he's a straight white man, all kinds of people celebrated the delicious irony of this mishap when it initially happened, and again now that he's being charged for it, with the potential to go to jail if he's convicted for a minimum of five years, a minimum of five years, your smart-ass tax dollars are going to pay to keep Alec Baldwin off the streets. You fucking idiots. Who are celebrating this? Which is certainly not you listening. Fucking idiots. All these people online, all these stupid conservatards. And listen. I know that everyone, including myself, can get, you know, can fall into a habit of fictional fandom. I know it from sports. It's like the sports version of life, where you root for people to lose because they're not on, they're your enemy. Some idiot, keep, some fucking idiots keep, keep using the phrase friend-enemy distinction on me. Very, very sophisticated. Thank you. Go suck my fucking balls. I get that we all fall at times. I, in the perhaps, you know, in the past in the sports world, um, but everyone has their own little sports. I get that people can fall into this habit where they react to a famous person's event as if it's happening to a fictional character, not to a real person. This is not a fictional event. This is fucking real. A real person died... And another real person's life, mental, psychological life, has been absolutely ruined for no moral reason whatsoever. There are books, novels, and theologies that are erected to try and make sense of an incident like this. That's what kind of incident it is. It's not an opportunity for you to spike the ball because you don't like Alec Baldwin's politics. Or because he said something about gun control. Gun control. Sweet, delicious irony since he's against guns. He's now going to go to jail for firing a gun. Are you people even listening to your own retarded patois? Like this is somehow a... Uh, of a, rebu- a rebuttal of of concern over over the danger of guns. Is that what you think this is? Do you have any sense of how the objective world works? Somebody who is cautious about guns ended up completely accidentally on a, on a fucking set with a fake version of a gun killing someone with a gun. And this is supposed to be like some sort of uh, poetic justice for being afraid of guns? Are you fucking retarded? But it's not about, it's not about the poetic justice. We all know that. 
We all know that that's a fake excuse to be happy about something like this. And we all know that, okay, maybe, you know, the moment you hear something, you can fall into Tonight Show, yuck, yuck mode, something happened to a celebrity, yuck, 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 yuck. But after a moment, humanity either kicks in or you're dead, you're a part of you, a new part of you has died. This is a complete and total tragedy. Alec Baldwin, for all his, his liberal politics, for all his imitating Trump so poorly on SNL that it made Trump actually look way better, especially on the iconic episode where Trump himself appears in the Oval Office in SNL in one of the, the brilliant coups for his campaign that the smart people identify as having probably made a real difference to how realistic his presidency suddenly appeared. If you think that, you know, it doesn't matter um, what you, th- what, what Alec Baldwin movie of the vast amount, you know, you can, uh, you can be snooty about as if he hasn't been in a shit ton of major movies because he's a major movie star. And as if, and, and it doesn't matter if you're ignorant because you're so culture deaf of his turn as Jack Donaghy in 30 Rock, one of the best comedies of all time in which he played the most charming, charismatic, funny, charming, attractive, conservative character ever depicted on television, ever. Way better than Archie Bunker. Certainly, certainly a beacon of of, uh, cultural... Preservation of what of how cool a conservative can be during the long years when the Republican Party had become a toxic wasteland, desirable to no one, and while the God of Obama reigned. So even if you're not aware of all that, even if you're completely out to lunch on everything, if you're complete, if you're just if you're just a a, a pilgrim, if you're just a fucking Quaker in the closet. In a hiding in your, in a box of oats, you still can't look at something like this, and 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 rejoice. How can you? How can you be so stupid as to not know that Alec Baldwin is a rich white movie star, male, whom feminists have been sniping at for years and years, whom they've been trying to meet too for years and years whom everyone has been looking for a reason to throw over, who everyone has been rooting for a comeuppance for on the, on, on the, on, among the, the, the lib side. And you're just like joining that posse. You're joining that fucking me too posse. That's who you, that's what you're, that's what you're going to grab your pitchfork for because of, because of an extremely talented actor who is not your enemy, who's not anybody's enemy, who's being persecuted specifically because he's a successful white actor who's a threat to no one, who the prosecution, the prosecution is specifically trying to make an example out of so that people will say, oh, they don't spare the wealthy. 
Do you get that? Do you know what that means? Do you know what it means when to prove how little they spend and how, how equal everyone is under the law, we're going to lock up Alec Baldwin for a freak accident on a movie set. Just so you know that the real powerful bad people don't get away with anything. We're locking up Alec Baldwin. Knock, knock. That's literally what they're doing. In order, according to the... I just read an article about the case where this... The case that they have to make, and we'll see if the jury... What happens with the jury. I have to think... I have to think... It's, it's, it's actually a, a case that's parallel with Kyle Rittenhouse. Despite people's... Uh, ooh, yeah, it's parallel with Kyle Rittenhouse. And a bunch of fucking idiots uh, uh, cowered on that one, too. Including conservatives. Because they don't want to be seen as taking any risks. It's... This whole thing depends on them proving that Alec Baldwin subjectively knew the danger of doing whatever he did before the gun went off. He had to know that whatever he was doing, this has to be proven that he knew that whatever he was doing made it more likely that he was about to kill his, his director on his own movie. That he's financing. He had to know that. And he did it anyway. Because he's arrogant. Because you're a fucking mind reader. I posted about this. Whenever it happened. If you, on Thursday, Friday, whatever. And um, saying that if anyone is rejoicing in this. It is because they suffer from a spiritual malady. That some people call leftism. And the replies... If you're, if you're a, a good student of leftism in the recent period of history, and you're aware of something like called TDS, Trump Derangement Syndrome, whereby a whole lot of people became absolutely incapable of perceiving reality when it involved Donald Trump. And they came up with a number of there was a number of utterly predictable psychological ticks and mechanisms and trigger and triggers and devices people used to overcome their cognitive dissonance in the midst of this mental illness which they're using to this day a lot of familiar things like mind reading like insane analogies that have absolutely nothing to do with each other and that is what, that is exactly how conservatards are acting regarding Alec Baldwin. It's identical. They are acting exactly to the Trump, SNL Trump impersonator the way libs have been acting about Trump. It's identical. There were, the replies even had that same monotony of language and uh, repetitive tropes. So I'm going to read... Uh, I'm going to read off some of the replies to this tweet. And again, the tweet is, if this news pleases you in any way, even slightly, you are a spiritual leftist. That was the tweet. Reply number one. I never would have imagined 
that Alec Baldwin would become a fault line for inclusion among conservatives. Surprise, surprise, bitch! But also, mind reading. I didn't say fault line of inclusion among conservatives. I just said that it's a fault line of inclusion among people who are not fucking spiritually inept retards. Whoever that may be. Because it's not about your opinion on Alec Baldwin. It's about your engagement in the human dance and whether or not you're going to choose to dance along and play your part or shit on the floor. Next, good person, Inez Stepman, one of the only think tank people uh, who really kind of glimmers with humanity on the timeline. And I think she listens to this show. Inez, hello. Thanks for coming in. Inez says, I got yelled at on Fox for saying this was a tragedy. She got yelled at on Fox by jackals, hyenas, hooligans, freaks, stupid fucking demagogues. Yelled at for saying this was a tragedy. For breaking the, the, the fourth wall behind which one must pretend that Alec Baldwin is a wrestling villain figure. Brilliant stuff. Another commenter, who I won't name, says, I don't know. Watching a rabidly anti-gun commie go down for alleged incompetence and or ignorance of basic gun safety protocols seems to vindicate the idea that God is infinitely funnier than we give him credit for. Well, God isn't exactly Richard Pryor, if this is his idea funny. God isn't Patrice O'Neill. This is not a joke. This is nothing funny and there's nothing ironic. He went down doing the exact thing, a simulation of the thing that he warns against in real life. The joke, if on anyone, is on you. It's on you. There's a positive comment here by somebody who understands. Of course, many will abandon their Second Amendment support to see the pompous man who ridiculed their president and provided commentary be punished. He gets it. Abandonment of their Second Amendment support. Wow, quick unfollow from some nobody. Bye-bye. Big Hetero says... There is some vindication in seeing the rich and famous treated as you would be. There are two problems with this entirely Bolshevik sentiment, which is one, the rich and famous should never be treated as you would be. Who the fuck are you? And who the fuck am I to think that the rich and famous should be treated the same as I would be? Everybody needs to be treated according to who they are. There's no such thing as treating everybody the exact same. 
Everything is treated according to what it is, what the context is, who you are, and whether it makes sense for your fucking tax dollars and mine to, to pay to keep Alec Baldwin in jail for five years minimum. This ain't, this ain't the fucking, this ain't the NFL. And he's not being treated fairly at all. Because if this were somebody else who, they, who didn't have a big name that everybody could kind of band around, all the losers could band around, if this was just an, just an ordinary POC actor who everybody liked, they wouldn't be doing this because there's no fucking case and there's no way you can mind, you, mind read your way to prove that Alec Baldwin knew that whatever he was doing was an added danger. If he didn't know that the fucking bullet was uh, in the gun, and if he didn't know that he had to, ch- if he didn't, if he didn't know that even it was even a possibility, and even if it was wrong about that, it was supposed to check by some law, which everyone is so fucking nerdily eager to point out, doesn't mean he knew he was supposed to check. Stop being a fucking hall monitor literalist prick. All of you. Someone else commented, it brings me no joy to say that a fool is culpable for his negligence. Oh, well, thank you very much. Accountability culture. That's really awesome. Thank you very much. That's very great. Great contribution. Nothing personal, but come on. You can't, that, that's like, wake up. Some f- fucking idiot wrote, you can't spell manslaughter without laughter, though. Okay, great, great. Real, really, uh, you're, you're, you're going to replace him on 30 Rock, 30 Rock the Remake. Somebody says, it does bum me out, mostly because Alec Baldwin is a spiritual conservative. It's a topsy-turvy ass world. Good comment. I understand the prop broad is responsible as well as the friend-enemy distinction. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, somebody who deleted their account made a Bolshevik comment because I replied, Herder, congrats, you're a Bolshevik. So another Bolshevik weighed in. Fun over politics. Give me my leftist branding. Okay, so someone's an NPC. I am a spiritual leftist, so sue me. I wish I could. I sp- currently, well, filing a spiritual lawsuit against you right now, Akhenaten. Uh, and uh, I'll see you in court. Counterpoint. I don't respect the legal system, and I don't mind bad things happening to my enemies. Okay. Congratulations on congratulations on believing that Alec Baldwin is your enemy. That's really cool. That is so sweet that you think Alec Baldwin does not know that you fucking exist. Never will. Is your enemy the guy who acts to bring joy to people? Your enemy. Here's someone who writes, You're right. We should worship the ground he walks on, especially when he's doing his exceptional trumpet on SNL. 
What the another 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 genius puts it. WTF? I love leftist pedo actors now. So the pedo, that pedo is slotted right in. The pedo from the uh, the the Manatee South Park uh, Family Guy uh, beach ball bin. The pedo, the pedo beach ball slotted right in because Hollywood and it's all pedos and it's all peasant stuff, folks. This is peasant, peasant level, peasant level. Here's another genius professor. Friend-enemy distinction. As long as I have to live in this fucking hellscape, I'm fine with celebrating when someone who would spit in my face gets punished for something that shouldn't even be an issue. I'm a hypocrite. So what? That's the world. Well, fuck you. You don't have to be a fucking hypocrite. You can be a fucking man. How about that? How about starting off as a man? That you would settle for this level of pleasure. You would settle for it. Because if you, if you imbibe in this, you're not capable of the other stuff. You're out of the other stuff game. Because people who can... People who can... If you're, if you're gonna, if people who can access the filet mignons of life, they're not always shoveling Red Hot Cheetos in their fucking mouth. There's usually a divide. Congrats on falling on the Red Hot Cheetos side. Tell us you don't know what right wing is without telling us. Did I, say I, did I say anything about right wing? No, I did not say anything about right wing. Mind reading. I can see you know nothing about guns. I hope you don't own one. What is it about gun people, so many of them, that makes them such fucking rule-obsessed nerds? Is this what... Gun ownership is all about? I thought owning guns was supposed to be cool, and you're supposed to be like, uh, what's-his-face from Taxi Driver, and you're supposed to be like Wild West. Like, what is this fucking HR gun world that I'm currently being absorbed by? What is this? Who came up with this? This is what guns are? Is it like, is, is, is are guns just a surrogate form of masculinity, like everyone's been saying? Is that what it is? Because that's what it's starting to look like to me. It looks like a lot of losers take a great deal of pride in the fact that they own a gun, a passive activity, owning something. Congrats, you own something. How do you plan to use it exactly? Are you thinking about using it? How do you think you're going to use it? the thing that you own, that you so heroically own. And I'm pro-gun rights. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I think it's a good thing that lots of American own, Americans own guns because that makes the worst kind of tyrannical takeover much less likely. I believe all that. But at a micro level, everyone being such a fucking genius... Let us, let us be very uh, honest with ourselves. What is it that can happen when you use a gun? I can think of about 99 bad things that can happen. And I can think about one very exquisitely needle-threading thing that can happen that's positive. 
that one positive time you can use your gun to prevent a crime upon yourself or your family without going to jail and paying an even bigger price than whatever that crime would have been. The one, that one narrow sliding right through the crack occasion versus about a hundred other things that can go wrong. If you own a gun, you're praying you'll never get to use it. You're praying that people just know or believe that you own a gun and that it'll help you stay safe. And I get that, but that's it. Stop being a fucking rules upset. Don't give me this bullshit thing about how there's a zillion rules about guns. Yeah, I know there are. Because you're not supposed to ever use one. Because it's a it's all symbolism. God damn, I hate people like this. Here's another loser. Just let me have this man. What is so fucking based about spending my precious free time bemoaning the persecution of self-inflicted fuck-up of a guy who hates me? Hates us. Mm, oh, it's okay. You, you've been hated by Alec Baldwin. Are you going to be okay? Oh, come over here, you piece of fucking shit. What is so based about spending my time, my precious free time, bemoaning the persecution of... Does that, do I have to even complete the sentence? If someone has something better to do with their fucking time, their fucking free time, than to bemoan persecutions, I don't want to know them. Go away. Leave. I don't want you to, I don't want you to listen to this show. I don't want you to subscribe to this show. I don't want you to follow me on, on Twitter. Be gone. If you have something better to do with your time, than bemoan persecutions. And, and the fantasy that he knows he hates you, he hates us. You're completely fucking out to lunch. He's an Irish big mouth. That's what he is. He's not a little shrinking flower pussy. He's an Irish big mouth, and he's willing to engage people from all across the aisle. That's been obvious throughout the career of Alec Baldwin, whatever you think of his opinions. He's a stand-up guy. He comes at you straight. He's a straight shooter. He is clearly a real deal person. You're blind. You, you, you view everything through the Red Hot Cheeto lens. Wrong, somebody else says. Genius number 17. Wrong. All actors are scum. Should be at the bottom of society as they were in ancient times. Congratulations. Somebody read a book uh, where they refer to actors being at the bottom rung of society in some ancient times. A, a highly educated classicist has entered the conversation to remind us of the social position of actors in ancient times, neglecting to mention what the social position of fucktards like him would be in ancient times. My dick slave. FYI, in case you're not aware, actors professional actors, working actors, work harder in one day than the average desk monkey works in probably six months. And I'm not exaggerating. One day of acting on a set, a real, you know, full day of acting on a set, harder work than the vast majority of you are doing. You have no fucking idea. They have to live they live through that work. It's the only way that that work is, is doable or even conceivably doable. 
It's the hardest thing I've ever witnessed, honestly. Not the hardest thing in the world, but it's the hardest thing I've personally witnessed. He should have died and the stunt lady gets to live. What does that make me? A radical feminist? Oh, wait, I already am one. Oh, whoa. Whoa, okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. Just breathe it out. Let's, somebody's going to end up with her one day. Or if that's a her. Whoa. Tough it up. Whew. Here's a fella. He killed someone with negligence using a tool he deems normal people too irresponsible to handle. He's getting exactly what he deserves. He's not talented. He's an actor. The script and the director makes the performance, not the performer. He's an empty vessel for better men, such as uh, Darth Whittall with 269 followers on Twitter. Oh. He blatantly ignored safety protocol on set and has a track record of shit behavior. He's a mediocre actor at best. So that's the, uh, he's not a decent fucking person. Therefore, he should go on jail on top of being miserable for the rest of his life because a fake accident happened through him. And so I, I can't, I don't have the heart to continue reading the additional, the additional replies, but this is sad and it has nothing to do with the case. It has nothing to do with the case and it has nothing to do with the protocols and the fucking rules and the fucking spreadsheets and whatever other nerd stuff. This is a simple spiritual litmus test like many that come down the line. And it's not irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. Because I know what it's like to achieve, however modestly, some leap of success in various fields, various stages, where you're, you know, you were at one level, you're at a, a better level. And when such leaps are made, people who were your friends at the time or acquaintances. There will be some who are triggered in some way and who covertly or overtly begin a little campaign to undermine you, to maybe knock you down a peg, knock you down a size. This has happened. Sometimes they recognize that this is what they are about to do and they withdraw from your life completely, voluntarily, to their credit. Other times, they can't help themselves. I've seen it happen in multiple different dimensions. So, the number one tell for who in your current circle of acquaintance is most likely to stab you in the back when he or she perceives that you have made a leap in success that is threatening in some way to her own self-worth or his own self-worth. The most likely person to do that, to tell, is how much they revel, how 
openly and how, you know, how energetically they revel in the misfortune of celebrities. Celebrities who've done nothing actually wrong, you know, not talking about the president, not talking about highly uh, polarizing, highly um, intentionally polarizing figures. Intentionally, you know, I'm not talking about that. But celebrities, just celebrities, the people who celebrated when Madonna appeared to be dying a year ago. What do you think, what do you think that says about those people? Anytime one of these big personalities, one of these big, these big stars appears to be facing some horrible misfortune, what is it about you that gets excited? If somehow you've made it to this point in this, uh, in this episode and in this show and in the history of this podcast where you're still listening to this and you did take pleasure in the uh, Alec Baldwin tragedy and if you do possess Alec Baldwin derangement syndrome I'm not one to it's none of my business I'm not one to make curses I don't make curses I'm not going to curse you but I would say that if I were to make curses, one would take effect if you have not repented. If you have not repented by midnight of the night you listen to this. Tick tock, tick tock. Thank you for listening. And come back next time for a summer escape to Barcelona. This episode of Filthy Armenian Adventures was recorded with steam coming out of the ears in Hollywood, California. Subscribe to the show for over twice as many adventures and also regular bite-sized smoke breaks at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. Patreon.com slash filthy Armenian and put a little money where your soul is. Have until midnight. Good luck to be continued.